Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Wednesday, December the 20th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, another special guest, Ryan Tracy of the Locked On Chiefs podcast, joins to get you guys set for Sunday's showdown at Arrowhead against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Dolphins playoff lives on the line. And speaking of those playoff lives, or the Dolphins playoff life, rather, what are the Dolphins' chances? What has to happen to get into the postseason at 8-8? Eight and eight? Very slim, very grim, but there's a chance nonetheless. Also, Devontae Parker, what is his future in Miami? All of that and much, much more. But first, I got to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, tuned in, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and leave us a five-star rating. Write us a nice little review if you like it. Great review. If you don't, that's fine too. The more, the better. You can follow me on Twitter at Winkle NFL, at Locked On Fins, where you can find the show, and of course, the Locked On NFL Twitter handle, as well as Facebook page. And then, lastly, but not least, the LockedOnDolphins.com, as well as the other Locked On Sports podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast, for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And real quick before we get into the interview with Ryan Tracy, the Locked On Chiefs podcast, I got to remind you guys about Draft.com, the newest revelation in fantasy football. So fantasy football fans, listen up. It is not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded the draft this season. You can get to play in real live snake drafts, but you're done in just under five minutes and they last for only one week. You can join one right now for week 16. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code LONFL. That's locked on NFL. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using promo code LONFL. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they are even offering locked on Dolphins listeners a money back guarantee up to $100. Just search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code L-O-N-F-L. That's draft.com, the newest revelation in fantasy football. All right, I don't want to waste any more time because I want to get a couple of extra segments in after I talk to Ryan Tracy of the Locked On Chiefs podcast. So we're going to go ahead and bring on that interview we had earlier tonight with Ryan Tracy of the Locked On Chiefs podcast here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. All right, folks, we are back. It's a Locked On Chiefs, Locked On Fins collaboration here. We have Travis Wingfield with us from the Locked On Fins show, and uh, we're going to talk about this matchup, Chiefs versus Dolphins here right now. What's the one thing, Travis, that sticks out to you in terms of a matchup that might decide this game? That's a great question, Ryan. I think that one thing that all Dolphins fans are kind of fearing, and it's, it's been kind of the case all year, you saw us lock down the Patriots offense without Rob Gronkowski obviously without Julian Edelman. But one of the things the Dolphins have had a really big problem with throughout the course of the year and going years and years back is matchup pieces. Guys like Travis Kelsey, guys like Tyreek Hill, even Kareem Hunt. I just think that the Dolphins' defense is going to have a hell of a time trying to match up with all those pieces that the Chiefs' offense has. Well, and you mentioned Tyreek Hill. You know, you have a corner there, Xavier Rhodes, uh, the played really well against the Patriots and kind of, and I'm sure he's been known to you guys for a long time, but kind of had a coming out party nationally against the Patriots. What have you seen from him this season? 
Yeah, so he started off pretty slowly. Uh, you said Xavier Rhodes. It's Xavier Howard. Um, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> no worries. I don't want to correct you, but, you know, we got to no. get it right. <laughs> no, absolutely. Go right ahead. That's my fault. I apologize. So, so he he was in his rookie year. He was banged up and hurt for, throughout most of the season. Didn't really play that well. This year he came into the year. Everyone had high expectations, and he was really grabby and too physical top of routes. Had a lot of penalties, holds, you know, illegal contacts, that type of thing. And then against the Denver Broncos, something happened, and he got two picks. He had two picks, one to the house. He had a couple, like five pass breakups. And then the Patriots game happens. He gets two more picks, doesn't allow a catch to Brandon Cooks. And then the last week against the Buffalo Bills has two catches for 16 yards, a sack, and a tackle for loss. So I think it's just one of those cases where a, a pretty good player it took him a while to get going and get acclimated to the NFL, but it's starting to click for him now. And I'm looking at, at the other side of the ball because the, this up-and-down thing, the Chiefs defense has had fits and spurts. Obviously, a lot of turnovers last week against Phillip Rivers, but you know, our old pal Jay Cutler and the things that he can do, is is, is he any kind of consistent at all, or do we have any clue who's going to show up? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, man. It's either smoking Jay or, or gunslinging Jay. I don't know which one it will be, but I, I tend to lean more towards uh, smoking Jay because he's had a few games this year where he was pretty good, and usually when he is good, it comes within the scheme. You know, a lot of guys that are wide open on, on the route concepts that freeze guys freeze up guys wide open, and then when there's tight coverage, he either doesn't have the confidence to zip it in there, which is funny because he has that big arm. His footwork is so bad, so his, his accuracy is all over the place. And then when he does finally start to make confident decisions, he just kind of floats up these prayers that get picked off. Like that Buffalo game, I mean, four fumbles, three picks. He just basically lost the game and completely ended the Dolphins' hopes of any playoff run this year. So, I mean, I think the weather, the fact that there were six and eight, not really much of a, a playoff hope left remaining, I, I think you're going to get a guy that comes out and just kind of mails it in like he's wanted to do in his past. What have you seen from uh, the running back, Kenyon Drake, over the past couple of weeks? And what, how surprised were you when they traded uh, Jay Ajayi? I was really surprised when they traded him just because, I mean, last year he he was a huge part of the offense and a huge part of the success in the 10 wins. But actually before he got into the lineup, I was kind of sour on him because we heard about this bad attitude that he had. The team left him home for week one in 2016 when they came to Seattle, out where I live out here. And uh, they left him home. They didn't bring him to the game. And we heard about him kind of sulking, and he's kind of this malcontent. And then I was hoping that Kenyon Drake would get the bulk of the carries once Arian Foster got hurt, because I always thought he was a talented player. I mean, Alabama running back, they don't scout, or they don't recruit, you know, scrubs out there. So I was impressed with his ability. And he's really starting to show it the last couple of weeks. Now that he's got the opportunity with Damian Williams getting hurt. And I, if you guys saw my Twitter earlier today, I was kind of doing some GIF uh, recaps from the game on Sunday. And he's really becoming a dynamo in pass protection, too, which is something that we did not expect out of him that actually got him into the doghouse early in the season with Adam Gase but the last couple of games he has been attacking these blitzers and just knocking them out and getting good pockets for Jay Cutler so he's an explosive runner with sudden uh, start and stop ability he's a shifty guy the home run speed great pass catcher I mean he looks like he looks like an all-star running back the last few weeks now looking at the opposite side of the field it is the key to the Chiefs especially in the run game being able to make yardage uh, is it all about Sue for the most part, yeah. you got to double Sue up, and he, he'll beat those two. He's just so strong with the point of attack, and he can kind of move guys off of him with just his arms. It's really incredible to watch. But we have a couple of defensive tackles that have shown good flashes this year. One is third-year man, uh, Jordan Phillips out of Oklahoma. He he gets into the backfield three or four times a game where he is way back there, and you're like, man, where did that guy come from? And it's been really – it was inconsistent early in his career, and now it's becoming more consistent. And then rookie Devon Godshaw from LSU has had a really nice rookie year in the rotation too. So there's a couple of guys there where you can really attack the Dolphins and the running game is at the linebacker spot they, they miss key all the time they take false steps they don't get off blocks they're, they're not very good tacklers so that's where they get shredded a lot of the time in the running game 
when you look at this Chiefs offense, uh, who are you trying to stop if you're the coach? It's got to be Travis Kelsey. Our linebackers just don't cover. They don't do a whole lot very well, so that'll be the theme of this this podcast for you guys. They just their ability to cover downfield. Kiko Alonso, he's just always in the wrong spot. And when it comes to like dealing with someone that can that can like I said, the sudden start and stop ability like Travis Kelsey kind of has at the top of his routes for a tight end, he can't really get you know in and out of his breaks like that. He's not a good change of direction type of guy. So I think Travis Kelsey is going to absolutely eat in this game. Now, do you see Stefan Anthony playing much? I, I think when you look down the, the roster of those linebackers, he might have one of the more athletic possibilities of keeping up with Kelsey. Yeah, he does. He's gotten some more reps lately. It was a really curious trade back when it happened. I think it was in either late September or early October when they got him for a fifth-round pick and a guy that hasn't really worked out for the New Orleans Saints. And now he's kind of playing a little bit more of a, a – a, playing a pinch type of role, you know, special teams and get on the field for certain packages. And he got roasted by LaShawn McCoy in a little wheel route last week for a touchdown where he ran around the pick instead of going over the top of it. So that was pretty ugly. But I think you're right. Athletically, he's the one that has the best chance to cover him. I, I just won't – I wouldn't put money on it. <laughs> and I know we want to focus on this game, but I have to ask the question, do you see any way that Jarvis Landry is in a Dolphin uniform in a year or two? I think that he absolutely has to come back. He's he's just such a spark plug for the offense, and he provides the juice, you know, the nickname juice. And uh, he does so much for the offense in terms of kind of, you know, misdirection on running plays or, you know, crossing routes and stick routes, and he breaks so many tackles after the catch. And he's just – he's kind of the spark plug for the offense. And I know Adam Gaze is a huge fan of him. They have a good relationship. I'd be really surprised if they didn't let him – if they didn't bring him back and even probably paid a little more than they should because he's kind of a limited player in terms of his speed and ability to get up the field and play all three positions. But, you know, he's just – He's such a dynamic player in the slot, and you know it's a pretty valuable spot there too. So I think they'll probably pay a little more than he is worth, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, you know, and you guys are talking about the future, and I wonder what's the, what's the fan base and what's the coaching? Where are they with the quarterback situation longer term? I've talked to a couple of people that have uh, better connections than I do. One being Joe Shad of the Palm Beach Post in Miami, and he's they're they're all very adamant that this team is. This year, more than anything, has really solidified their opinion of Ryan Tannehill because he's played with a team. I think this is probably one of the better Dolphins teams they've had in terms of everywhere else outside of the quarterback in a number of years. And that even goes back to last year where they were so banged up and they somehow winning games late down the stretch. But I think it kind of just speaks to Ryan Tannehill's ability to to mitigate poor circumstances or poor surrounding cast around him. So they really have a confidence in Ryan Tannehill, and I think that he'll be their guy going forward. How do you think that they're going to compete in the AFC East moving forward uh, with, you know, you're going to have Tom Brady who may retire this year. He may retire next year. Who knows? He may retire in five years. Uh, but how do you see the AFC East playing out in the next couple of years? Yeah, that uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo trade scared me because it made me think that maybe Tom Brady's never going away. So, uh, you I know, know right? you, you just kind of wait for him and Belichick to go away. I mean, Belichick, you know, for as much of a cheater as he is or whatever you want to call it, he's just so advanced above everybody else. So it's hard to catch up to them. But I do think, like, you know, I mentioned that there's the Dolphins have a pretty good roster right now. And there's a lot of young guys that are starting to show a lot of bite down the stretch here the last few weeks. And it's really exciting to see because a lot of our draft classes have actually – paid dividends whereas in the past we would draft a bunch of guys that were gone in two or three years so I'm actually pretty optimistic I'm a bigger Ryan Tannehill supporter than most Dolphins fans are you know I I get pretty into the tape and I see a pretty good player on tape so I'm excited about his potential to come back as long as a knee can hold up and and at least maybe you know play for a wild card spot maybe if we get lucky here and there a couple of bounces contend for the division who's the guy that we just don't know about that we need to be watching for 
That's a good question. Let's see. Uh, you know, offensively, I would have said Kenyon Drake until a couple of weeks ago, but obviously that's not the case anymore. Um, you know, Kenny Stills is pretty well decorated. I like him. He's a pretty underrated player in my opinion. That's, I would say probably on defense. Uh, let's go with cornerback Cordray Tankersley if he plays. He's a rookie out of Clemson, played in the national championship game, had a pretty good game or a pretty good game there last year. He's a, he played pretty good this year. He's a good like he's he's kind of one of those those smart players and those uh, cerebral players that can read coverages pretty well and get into the right spots. So he's made a couple of nice pass breakups this year that have led to picks. And if he can get back into the game, he's missed the last two games. If he can play this week, he should be able to make a nice impact on the Dolphins' defense. How are you feeling about this game? What do you think? How do you think it turns out? I would say Chiefs probably in a laugher. <laughs> I don't have a lot of confidence. I just think Jay Cutler's kind of uh, – He's kind of milled it in at this point. He's had so many games. It's either basically like a 120 passer rating for him or a 70 passer rating, and I, I would tend to lean more towards the latter. Well, when you boil it all down, then, what, what's your prediction for this one? I will say uh, Chiefs 30, Dolphins 17. Oof. <laughs> Folks, he's Travis Wakefield. Make sure you're following the Locked On Fin show. Get all the inside intel on them. We're going to have it up on the Locked On Chiefs website as well. So that was part one of the interview I did with Ryan and Chris of the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, we'll get you over to section two right now. All right, so I had a couple of questions for you guys, too, for the Dolphins' perspective. And uh, one of the things we've been kind of doing this throughout the course of the last couple of weeks, I mean, the Patriots win got us back into playoff mode. But before that, we were kind of looking towards a draft from the future. And now we're kind of back there again after last week's loss. So I was curious to ask you guys, the right side of the Dolphins' offensive line has two guys that are kind of auditioning for roles at this point. Jesse Davis at right guard has actually played pretty well. And then right tackle, swing tackle, Sam Young has come in for Jawan James at right tackle. And he's actually played pretty well where in the past he hasn't. So I'm kind of curious. I know about Justin Houston. I know that Tom Bahali's kind of been begged up. And I don't is he is Tom Bahali even healthy right now? You know, that's always a question. He has done what, Chris, maybe 20% of the snaps in a couple of games, then had to take an entire game off, if not more. Okay. Well, um, but I think part of the reason he was taking a game off is because they wanted him to play on grass uh, as opposed to playing on turf. And they – uh, he does not practice when they practice inside in Kansas City. He just practices when they're outside. So I think it's them trying to limit his usage on the harder surfaces. Uh, but I don't expect him to play a lot. That is really interesting. So it's kind of like the Chiefs version of Mike Pouncey who gets put in bubble wrap every week. Right. <laughs> okay. So my question was for you guys is, is your pass rush – is it getting home this year? Is it, is it doing enough job? I know that the defense has kind of struggled this year for you guys, but is the pass rush going to threaten the Dolphins' offensive line? I think it could, uh, but I, and you know Ryan and I have talked a lot about this actually on our show. Is I think a lot of what it, the pass rush comes down to is they're getting the ball, the opposing offense is getting the ball out so quick it doesn't allow time to, for the pass rush to get there. So I think they have the ability to get after the pass. Justin Houston still has that ability, although they're not asking him to rush near as much as as they have in the past. Very cool. All right. So, yeah, that's my, that was the first question. The other one I had for you guys was kind of on the other side of the football and looking at the Chiefs offense and what you guys have done with Kareem Hunt. Now, you know, if you follow the team closely, you obviously know better than I do. And I, I know that Kareem Hunt kind of blew up those first few weeks. And I was curious to ask you guys, what's been the big difference in the running game with the Chiefs from what we saw early in the year compared to what it is now? You know, there's been a resurgence the last two weeks, and there was that lull in between where they went on a losing streak and they kind of lost their identity, and that's really what it is. It's come down to effort and simplification of the blocking schemes uh, and they've gotten back to the basics 
uh, and they're being able uh, to, to make their blocks, sustain their blocks, and, and maul teams. Uh, and that's really what it's about. And this team's running as well now in the last two weeks as they did the first five. And that makes me pretty much nervous for the game on Sunday just because of the way the Dolphins, like I mentioned, the linebackers and the way they've struggled to get off blocks and kind of bigger, more mauling type of players. So that's a concern for us as well. And the last question I have for you guys here is, I was a big Alex Smith proponent coming into the season. And I also love Pat Mahomes when they, when they drafted him on Texas Tech. I heard they were interested in him, but I didn't know they were going to draft him. I like both guys. What are your guys' thoughts on the two quarterbacks and, and moving forward? Can't kind of funny in there, right? Right it's ahead. a weekly conversation about Ryan, right, go right ahead. I'll let you start. I, want to comment <laughs> I too. love the laugh. I love it. We are of uh, opposite minds on this by, by a long shot. The real question is, is he going to get a chance to actually play uh, possibly in, in the last week of the season before the playoffs uh, when probably there's not going to be a whole lot of maneuvering left to do? Um, some want him to play like Chris. Some like me would prefer just shelf him until next season. But uh, that's the one of the bigger questions going on in Kansas City right now. Well, and I think that he's going to end up getting to play in Week 17. And, and honestly, you know, going into that draft, he was the player I wanted Kansas City to draft, but I thought that there was no possible way they were going to get him there just too far down. And they hadn't been a team that had really jumped up to go get a guy. So I did not expect them to draft him. I was ecstatic when they did. I think Smith started the season very well, very hot, uh, but obviously he's cooled off since. He started to play a little bit better lately. Uh, but I think you've seen his ceiling and you still see the things that are frustrating uh, watching him play. He still locks onto receivers and walks into sacks. And that kind of probably is my, my last question for you guys here. One of the things the Dolphins defense has really struggled with, and it goes back for a couple of years, you saw Tyrod Taylor just torch us once again for the fifth consecutive game on Sunday, or last Sunday, I should say. And so this, these running quarterbacks, these guys that can break the pocket, break contain, and make plays with their legs or make plays outside of the pocket with their arm, is Alex Smith still doing that with the regularity he was earlier in the year, or has that kind of changed as well? I think he's still doing it with the same regularity he was early in the season. I think he's, and in some regards, I think that's part of what makes him so much different and so much uh, more limited than maybe a Mahomes could be is because Mahomes has the ability to move around the pocket, but he's always looking downfield. Alex takes his eyes down a lot earlier and threatens to run more. Uh, so I think the offense will change once you see a change at quarterback. But uh, I do think that Alex is running pretty much as much as he was early in the season. And it's worked well for him in, in most situations, but he still gives up uh, you know, opportunities to actually make plays down the field as opposed to uh, just you know taking a, a five-yard run on a third and ten. So that was kind of the end of the interview there. I know it ended kind of awkwardly, but... We had a good conversation there, of course. Follow those guys at Locked On Chiefs on Twitter, the Locked On Chiefs podcast with Ryan and Chris. And I'm going to go ahead and do two little small segments here before we close it out here in the Locked On Dolphins podcast for the Wednesday show, December the 20th. Locked On Dolphins podcast, Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL. And you guys heard me talk about playoffs last week briefly. And of course, those hopes basically evaporated in the course of three hours up in Buffalo. But the Dolphins, believe it or not, are still alive because of a Robbie Gold 45-yard field goal in San Francisco for the Niners to beat the Tennessee Titans. Dolphins still need the Titans to lose out in order to get in. And the scenarios, actually, if you think about it, I think the craziest one that would have to happen is Miami winning both games. Because listen to this. So the Dolphins have to win both their games at Kansas City and home for Buffalo. In Week 16, they need the following to happen. The Patriots have to beat the Bills. 
The Rams have to beat the Titans. Those things have to happen for the Dolphins to have a hope. The other two things that need to happen but don't have to happen is the Jets have to beat the Chargers and the Eagles have to beat the Raiders. And the reason those don't have to happen is because the Raiders and Chargers both need to lose one game out of their final two. But they play each other in Week 17. So one of those teams has to lose on Sunday in Week 16. So let's say that... Let's say the Chargers lose in Week 16 to the to the Jets, and the Raiders somehow beat the Eagles. So Week 17, what you would need is Miami to beat Buffalo. You would have to have the Jaguars beating the Titans, and then you would have to have the Chargers over the Raiders to finish off the miracle playoff run for the Dolphins. Those are your hopes. Very slim. Should be a lot more clear after Week 16 if the Dolphins are even still alive going into Week 17. But before we get out of here here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, I want to talk a little bit about Devontae Parker because I've been breaking down the film a lot. You guys know that. And at the end of the year, I'm going to do a whole big series called Exit Interviews where I look at every single positional group on the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to break down every player on film. I'm going to give you some gifs, some cut-ups from them, what they've done well, what they haven't done very good, and where they are expected to be in 2018 with this team or not. And in doing so, I've kind of started in the offense a little bit. And Devontae Parker, that guy is having a rough season, and he has no one to blame but himself. There was a lack of explosion, a lack of separation. He can't beat one-on-one coverage. I tweeted out a GIF earlier today before this recording of him trying to he actually caught a little in-cut pattern where he gets upfield and runs a really simple in-cut route, but it's not an in-cut route. He rounds it out, goes about two yards deeper than he had to. Luckily, he had off coverage, so it didn't matter. He was able to get the catch anyway, but he just does not run crisp routes. He's so lazy in his efforts. He's just going through the motions. You kind of see a guy that doesn't practice very well. We've heard about his bad practice habits. You've heard about Adam Gaze and Clyde Christensen saying he's lost that chip on his shoulder that he somehow thinks that he doesn't have to have anymore. I don't know. But watching this guy on tape, I th- I would not be surprised in the slightest if he does not finish out the fourth and final year of his rookie contract with the Dolphins if they trade him this offseason and look to upgrade that position. Now, the Dolphins at wide receiver, they like to have guys that can play all three positions, the X, Y, and Z, of course, the flanker, the split end, as well as the slot. And that's kind of changed a little bit throughout the course of the NFL's evolution here the last few years in the passing game but they like guys that can play all three spots but if you can get someone else that is kind of that Devontae Parker mold and maybe I don't know maybe you go out in the Patriots or not excuse not the Patriots maybe the Steelers still want to get rid of Martavis Bryant that would be a guy I would explore at that option there so if Devontae Parker's on Dolphin next year don't be surprised. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's podcast, the Lockdown Dolphins podcast here. Be sure to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Weekful NFL. Follow the show at Lockdown Fins. Check out the Lockdown NFL Facebook page as well as at Lockdown NFL on Twitter. And you can check out LockedOnDolphins.com for all your written Dolphins content needs. Be back tomorrow with another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.